Hola, 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 and welcome to Ayuda, I Failed Spanish. This podcast is for all of you guys and gals who have tanked a Spanish class, specifically Spanish 1. It is dedicated, though, to all of the fun elements of teaching Spanish that I loved. I am Jameson, your new virtual Spanish teacher, and join me as I try my darndest to teach my star estudiante, Michael or Miguel, as much conversational Spanish as I can in one summer. Michael, ¿cómo estás? Hola, está muy feliz hoy. Gracias, ¿y tú? Estoy muy feliz también porque es viernes. Hey guys, remember that my goal is to get Michael as conversational as I can. I'm not as concerned so much with does he master the grammar and is it perfect, but rather can he express himself and communicate with somebody in Spanish? So Michael, a little background, he's studied Spanish here and there throughout school and now his goal is to learn how to use it throughout life. Michael, would you share with our listeners once more what your end goal is with Spanish? Great. So the borders of Mexico are closed, but I am going there with Judy um, as soon as as soon as the universe allows. And when we're there, we will be immersing ourselves as much in the culture of wherever we are as we can. So for me, that meant being able to communicate with people in Spanish um, and at least get around, if not, you know, converse a little bit, ask people how they are, what they do, what they're interested in, and go beyond, you know, ordering a taco here and asking for the El Baño there and stuff like that. <laughs> and which is, I mean, you need to know where, where the Baño is. You, you need to know what taco to ask for. But as we, <laughs> as we almost approach the halfway point of our podcast, how do you feel your Spanish has increased? And with that, what else are you doing for our listeners that are kind of tuning into these podcasts? What else are you doing yes. in order to support your Spanish? I am I'm speaking the most Spanish I think that I've ever spoken in my life. Definitely yeah. comprehending the most in terms of being able to read it, um being able to hear it. It's catching my ear um yeah. in public when I'm out, which is very rare because of corona, COVID-19. Coronavirus, C, C, and, but I am starting to flip through some of my stories on Instagram. And not only are they in a place where uh, there, there are more Spanish speaking people representing, represented than ever, but I'm also like being able to understand some of it, especially the jokes. You know, when people are serious. Really? Yeah. The jokes, it's like a lot of it's like the physical. You, you see it and you see what they're saying and it's like it goes beyond the words that you understand it. And then you're like, wait, what did they say? And you're like, oh, that's what I heard without yeah. hearing it. Well, so, you know, oh, no, go. Yeah. Oh, well, just the one thing that like kind of caught my eye is it was two people dancing in the bathroom and um, they were at a bar and it, it was recent. It was like post-corona, post-COVID and they're in the city and she was dancing and they were i think they were saying something about it was like this is the only place that we could dance where there's room and one of them turned to the bathroom and goes 
in el baño libre and they both like cracked up and i was like that's hilarious <laughs> i love it okay that's it <laughs> that's all i got uh you know one of the most interesting things about learning spanish and one of my friends from spain had explained to me that a sign of fluency not only is it the classic you're dreaming in spanish but comedy and humor are such a specific part of a culture that when you begin to understand Spanish comedy and a sense of humor that translates into Spanish, that's a huge sign of knowing that you're really picking up the nuances of the language. All right, let's go into our uh, little repasito, our small review. We've been talking a lot about verbs. And last week on, or I guess, no, this was on Tuesday. On Tuesday, we talked about AR verbs. And we know that there are three types of verbs. Michael, can you remind me what those three types of verbs are in Spanish? We have AR and then what? The other two, I think, are IR and ER. Exactly right. And when we say that it's an AR, ER, or IR verb, what does that actually mean? It means that the verb ending will end with those two letters. Exactly. So it'll be AR, IR, or ER. Oh my gosh, it's pronunciation, guys. He's been practicing his vowels, A-A-E-O-U, um, which we love. So, Michael, the form of a verb, it's the most basic. We're doing a little bit of repaso. It ends in er, ar, or ir. What form, what is that called, that most basic form of a verb? The infinitive. Exactly. And sometimes we like to call it the infinitive. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> I hate that but it works <laughs> so we have these AR good gosh that was so bad I do apologize to both you and our listeners <laughs> I forgive you me professor gracias alright so we have the AR ER and IR verbs but I can't leave a verb and we talked last episode about necesitar which is to need we can't say yo necesitar el agua or el baño or ir al aeropuerto because that would be I to need. So we have this hmm. concept and this process which starts with a C. Do you remember what it's called when we make it agree with the end or the ending has to agree with our subject? Conjugate? Yeah, we have to conjugate our verbs and that process of conjugation is really what allows us to communicate well because we are making it respectful to the person that we're talking to. Maybe that's a tú or a usted, or you're saying yo necesito ir al aeropuerto, and you're being very clear in what you're communicating to somebody. If I gave you the verb hablar, which means, do you actually know what hablar means? To speak. Exactly. So if that's true, just as a little quick check-in, if I wanted to say we you and I, so Michael and Jameson, we speak Spanish. ¿Cómo se dice en español? Um, hablamos español. Hablamos español. And you'll notice, guys, like Michael didn't use nosotros. And Michael, why don't you have to use nosotros? Because it's totally accurate. But why? Right. Well, I went to it in my mind. But then if I'm going to think about my trip to Mexico, I want to be a little bit more conversational, so it is implied in the verb itself. So I didn't say it as to avoid a bit of redundancy, even though it is right. technically correct. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And so 
with that, we can, you can always say nosotros, or if it's a group of all girls and you are a, an identifying female in that group, it could be nosotras hablamos español. However, conversationally, hablamos español totally works the exact mm-hmm. same. Um, and just kind of to wrap up with that, I, there was a quote from our last lesson that I enjoyed and I wanted to reiterate as long as you can communicate what you mean, it is really okay with me. If you don't get the terminology exactly right, it doesn't have to be perfect because if people can understand you, they know you're learning. Mm -hmm. You are, you're demonstrating a conscious effort to connect with somebody, to honor them by using their language. And if there's some flaws, but they can still understand, then you're kicking butt. You're doing a great job, you know? Right. Because, I mean, at least in my experience, I'm not going to assume anymore, especially in a 2020 America. But in my experience, I always treat non-English speakers who are learning the language mm-hmm. or who have a, a less of a grasp of it than I do. Um, you know, I always say, like, I always encourage it or it is an encouraging thing to hear, you know? Yeah. So I started um, doing this thing and it's guys, it is brutally hot in Chattanooga right now. Uh, (laughs) It was like 95, but I went on a run this morning and uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, 5k. (laughs) We're saying fit and fluent. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to run every single day and it's been good. And I've spent so much time outside, but one of the things I did outside today was to take a walk with a friend and we committed to speaking in Spanish just to get fluency back up in a spot where we're both comfortable to just communicate. And it was 40 minutes, but there were so many times that it was such a specific vocab word, more than a verb, but like an actual noun where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to say this thing because I never use it. And so in that what you do is called circumlocution Mm. where i'm able to talk around that word fantastic skill to have takes some time um when i used to teach in the classroom we played taboo and i would have my students try and compete and see if they were able to describe a vocab word in spanish and get somebody to guess what they were doing which is circumlocution because you're talking around the actual word so if you can do that Yeah, it's fantastic. It'll get you through any situation that you're in where you're trying to use the language and you're not necessarily positive on what the what the word actually is, you know? Okay, got it. Wonderful. All right. So today I thought I would take you through one of my absolute favorite, favorite concepts in Spanish, talking about what we like and what we dislike. Now, when you learn Spanish, some if it's in the school setting, some schools love to start with this concept. And then the school that I taught at, we ended up doing it about halfway through the year. And the reason is it takes everything that we've learned up till now and kind of flips it and we go backwards. Either way Mm. is fine. It just really opens your ability to communicate even more. Got it. So we're going to call this a backwards verb. And today's lesson is talking about what you like and what you dislike. So as a quick recap, do you remember what the AR verb endings? Like we have O, AS, and then what's that third one? Um, I, O, AS. For L-A-I-N, usted. S? You're, you're on the right track. It is O, AS, A, 
And then we're going to go almost ice. And what's that last one? Oh, oh uh, I don't know. It is going to be on. Oh, as a almost ice on. And really, we want to latch on today for keeping it simple. We're going to focus on talking about items and concepts mm. that we like instead of people that we're totally like, I say like, oh, I like you or you like me. Uh, we're going to hold off on that, but go with like, I like to eat food or I love soccer. We're going to go with those kind of concepts um, instead of a bit more personal. So the two endings that we want to latch on to are our third person singular and plural. And that for an AR verb, for these verbs we're going to use right now, are going to be a and on. So that A and that A-N. A and on. Tracking? Yep. Wonderful. Okay, so as soon as we get into this, the two verbs that I want to highlight today are the verb gustar and the verb encantar. Michael, have you heard of these verbs before? I have. Wonderful. That means Duolingo is doing a fantastic curriculum that actually works. <laughs> <laughs> it's very accurate. So what we're going to do is talk about gustard and encantard. Now, gustard is to be pleasing. And just as a quick interruption, if you guys are taking notes, this is the time that you want to take a moment to get your paper out, get your pencil, pen, your lapis or boligrafo, hoja de papel, and Bol you are ready to join with us. If you're in the car, please don't do this. Just make sure that you're listening. Use time to repeat or practice on your own. And keep both hands on the wheel. Gracias. Ten and two. Yes, <laughs> dos. Oh my gosh, he's fluent. All right. So the verb gustar is going to be to be pleasing to. That's the literal translation. The verb encantar is going to be to be enchanting to. So we have gustar to be pleasing, encantar to be enchanting. And the way that I love to explain this is you have this uh, you have, have you ever heard of the concepts of like book smart, street smart? Yes. Okay. Book smart. This is what they mean to be pleasing, to be enchanting. It's very academic. And a lot of people would not end up actually saying like the pizza is pleasing to me or soccer is enchanting to me. It's kind of archaic. It's how people spoke in olden times. What we want to go for, and an easier way to understand this concept, is a little bit more what we say street smarts. Can you get around in life? Can we be a little bit more conversational? Mm -hmm. um, and so the way that we do that is gustard can also, in a way, translate to to like. And encantard can translate a bit to to love. Now, when we actually walk through how these verbs work, we want to start with the academic side. Because the academic side is really what helps us understand the entire structure of these types of verbs and the sentences that we'll use them in. Would you split them into categories of academic and what would the other one be? I'd go with academic and casual. Got it. So really, it's going back to that converse or even conversational might work a bit better than casual because conversations can still be academic. But in this it seems like a, oh yeah no go. Well, I was just, I was going to say it seems like it, it could also fall under the category of cultural because there are still certain phrases that like 
people do and don't use within the same type of casual context. It just depends on like your specific culture within that where wherever you are. Right. I agree. Right. I think that totally works. So, okay. So when we use these verbs, we're really going to flip the structure of a sentence. Normally, hmm. if I was going to like what we talked about on Tuesday, I was saying, yo necesito el agua. Meaning what, Michael? You need water. Yeah, I need water. And normally that starts with the subject, which is yo. The verb necesito. And then whatever we actually need is el agua. I think that's the predicate in a sentence. In this, we're going to flip our entire structure of a sentence. And a fellow teacher, Martina Bex, is a great resource for this. And she had this idea of calling it a backward verb. And so in that, the way the reason she calls it a backward verb is our subject is going to come at the very, very end. And I'm introducing a new concept to you called an indirect object pronoun, which I nickname as a receiver. I nickname that as a receiver. So we have our indirect object pronoun, an IOP, and then we're going to have the verb, and then we're going to have the subject. So if you enjoy math, and formulas are what work for you. We're going to go IOP plus the verb plus our subject. And it's a very formulaic sentence. Now, a lot of this is going to be heady, and then we're going to get into like how we actually use it. So to explain the IOP, our receiver, this question is, who is receiving, with the verb gustar, the pleasure of whatever subject we're talking about? Is it that I like this? Am I receiving it? Are you? Is he? Are we? Are y'all? When we take our plane to where, Michael? Spain. Take your plane to Spain. Or is it, are they, are you guys? And so when we have our IOPs, the IOPs that we're going to use in Spanish are going to be me, te, le, Nos, os, and les. So again, that's me, te, le, nos, os, les. So is it pleasing to me? Is it pleasing to you? Is it pleasing to him or her or you formal? Is it pleasing to us? Is it pleasing to y'all? Or is it pleasing to they or you guys, or them or you guys? Me, te, le, nos, os, les. Now, academically, when I put this together, I'm going to start with my IOP. So if I want to say like I like something or something is pleasing to me, I want to start with my IOP. Michael, which one goes with it's pleasing to me? What is that IOP, that receiver? May. Exactly. So we're going to start with may. Then we're going to have to go to our verb gustar, which is to be pleasing or to like. And with gustar, the cool thing is that we can almost forget about two thirds of the subject pronouns and those conjugations we're only going to use the third person for right now that's because what we're talking about are concepts actions or items so if i want to say i like pizza is the concept of pizza singular or plural uh it's singular it's singular because it's just pizza by itself not pizzas right. Right. we just have pizza so what we're going to do is we're only going to use gusta Instead of gustan, which is plural, we're going to go with gusta. So we have me plus gusta and then plus 
And what you're going to put at the end is your subject. Have you got that formula down? I do. Wonderful. Okay. So let's take it back and let me just kind of big picture explain this to you. What's different now is instead of normally, it's like I speak Spanish and who is the subject of that sentence? It's I. It's me. Uh, Now, our subject is actually the thing that is bringing pleasure to me. So if it's pizza, if it's one pizza, that concept of pizza, is that one pizza or more than one pizza, Michael? Can you repeat the... Yeah. Can you repeat the scenario? For sure. So normally, normally I say I like or I speak Spanish. I am your subject because who is speaking Spanish? It's me. Now, when I'm explaining the backward verb or my likes and dislikes, instead of saying I like pizza, we have to think of it as pizza is pleasing to me. So if I say me gusta pizza, why am I using pizza? Or sorry, not why am I using pizza? Why am I using gusta instead of gustan? Because you're not talking about multiple pizzas. You're yes. talking about the concept of pizza, uh-huh. pizza, which is a singular concept. Totally. Maybe right. if we were speaking on a higher dimensional plane and we were talking about the different types of pizzas that exist in different realities, that's a different thing, but we're not exactly. generally. So when, yeah, and you're exactly right. So when we go with things that I like, we're talking about either singular, one item, one concept, or I can make it plural and I could say, me gustan las pizzas. The pizzas are pleasing to me. That's very academic, but at the same time, I can just say, I like pizzas. Do you see why it all, it all has to agree? Pizzas are pleasing, plural, to me. Because more than one pizza is awesome. Right. But when I just talk about a concept or me gusta España, Spain is pleasing to me. I like Spain. I really enjoy the place. It's awesome. We're only going to use gusta or gustan. And our subject is what comes at the end of that sentence. So, Michael, just what is something? What's a concept, a sport? Uh what yeah what's something in life that you like and let's avoid a person okay um surfing okay so i'm going tomorrow how often do you surf as often as i can i dig that realistically right now what does that look like for you well post corona virus Mm -hmm. uh maybe mm, once or twice a month which is not great but then you mix that in with getting tattoos and then I have to stay out of the water. So uh, yeah. it's not great. But, okay. um, you know, in the summer when it's when the water's a little warmer, it's very, very easy to go three to four times a week. Yeah. So, Michael, if we want and you chose an action. So we're actually going to use the idea of and to say to surf is hacer surf. So that concept of to do surfing hacer surf is pleasing to me is that one thing or many things one thing exactly right it's one concept so we have a singular subject and our subject instead of it being me it is the idea of hacer surf that is going to make either gusta or gustan which one do you think it's going to be because it's one concept of hacer surf gusta exactly right and then who is it pleasing to michael May. May. 
So if we put that together, how would you say I like to surf or surfing is pleasing me? Me gusta hacer surf. Exactly surf. right. Now let's stick with that. What if I say I like tacos or tacos are pleasing to me? Me gusta tacos. You're on the right track, but it, because it's tacos, is it going to uh-huh. be gusta or gustan? Well, if I'm at a party and I'm t- and we're t- and I'm having a conversation maybe to the chef about the tacos, I would say gustan. But if there are no tacos present, would I still say like if we're talking yeah. about the idea of tacos, like we are talking about the idea of pizza, would I still say gustan? I honestly would go with me gusta el concepto de tacos or me gustan wow, tacos okay. in general. In general, I like tacos. Oh, okay. Um, and then you're able to really just, it, that sounds a bit more natural. So we have me gusta hacer surf. Me gustan tacos. Me gustan los tacos. Me gusta Mexico. Me, and if you really want to say, like, what's something that you don't like? I don't like, Maybe I don't like food. hate. Okay. Okay. Actually, I like that. So if we want to say I don't like hate or hatred, instead of saying, obviously, me gusta, we're going to throw the word no right at the front of that. So it's going to be... To make it clear. (laughs) Yeah. You always start with... You're going to start with the no. Anytime you want to say, like, I am not Mm -hmm. tall, you're instead of saying soy alto, we're going to go with no soy alto. You always start with your no. So in this case, we're going to go with no me gusta, and then the word for hatred is el odio. El odio. So no me gusta el odio. I don't like hatred. I don't like hate. Hmm. Igualmente. Igualmente. Oh, my gosh. All right. Last thing that I want to kind oh, of Oh, all the you. way? Your formula for um, the IOP plus the verb plus the subject? Yeah. If you abbreviate it and spell it all out, to like just the first like I O P plus V plus S is obvious. It is obvious. Thank you. It is kind of obvious. <laughs> it if really you're is. approaching it with like a a Espanol pers- perspective de Espanol. Yeah, and what I, I mean, what I did for you is over explain and went so deep dive into the concept. But honestly, if you think of it like. If you like one thing, it's me gusta la pizza. This is the easier way to explain everything since I had over-explained it earlier. Me gusta la pizza. It's one item, one concept that I like. Me gustan las pizzas. It's more than one thing. Or I could even do me gusta la pizza by itself or me gustan la pizza y el pollo and chicken. I like pizza and chicken, two singular things but put them together and it's a plural group. Now, you might be thinking, well, why am I saying I like the pizza and I like the chicken? Yep. In Spanish, we always want to use our articles just as a natural flow of using the language, but it doesn't necessarily translate into English. So in English, I say, I like pizza, me gusta la pizza. We keep the article in Spanish on 90% of the time. But we don't always say that in English. I don't say, I like the pizza. You can for some scenarios, <laughs> but in Spanish, we're going to keep yeah. it for now. For now, just keep your right. articles. All right. A few last things. If you love something, so let's say we've used gustar to be pleasing to. If I love it, it's the exact same concept, but we're going to use the verb encantar to be enchanting. 
An example of this might be, me gusta la pizza, pero me encanta hacer surf. Which, Michael, could you throw that to me in English? I love to surf. Yeah, so if I say, me gusta la pizza, pero me encanta... Oh, oh throw the whole surf. thing back to... Okay, yeah. um, I like pizza, but I love to surf. Exactly right. All right, so as we wrap up, just a couple of more verbs that work in this way that I want to give to you so you can practice with them, and they're all AR verbs, meaning they end in AR. We have the verb interesar, which might mean to be... Interesting. Faltar is to lack, to be lacking to. So me falta interés en los deportes. Like sports are sports. I lack interest in sports. Or me falta interés en uh, el bacalao in cod, the fish. I don't, and it doesn't really interest me. It's a very specific mm. lack of interest. Uh, the final one that I want to give you is molestar, which is to annoy. So, me molesta la tarea is going to be, the homework is annoying to me. Me molesta la tarea. Homework annoys me. I am writing that down. I appreciate it. So, molestar, you... faltar, interés, and how, which, or interesar, which one do you want to spell out? The, um, actually just how to spell homework. Oh, tarea. T-A-R-E-A. Ah. Mm, in English, T-A-R-E-A, tarea. So as you kind of take this and you're starting to let it permeate into your mind, think through what are things that you like. And that may require that you head over to SpanishDict.com or Word Reference or your Spanish dictionary and think, what are some items or concepts or activities that I like that I want to be able to say? And that, dude, is expressing our likes and dislikes. Great. Thank you. I love it. Should we play a game? I believe we should. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> All right, let's go to Juego de Vocabulario, one of our favorite parts of the podcast, in which it is a competition not only for Michael or Miguel, but also you guys, our listeners. Michael, your goal is to hear the Spanish word. Don't lie. The real competition <laughs> is you and Julie trying to make me look like a fool. You're not wrong. But I also would like to say that it's not a fool. It's just that our game is working. Uh, we are trying to <laughs> we're trying to trip up Michael by finding words that he might not know in Spanish. Unfortunately, we have a very low success rate at the game. For all of you guys listening, your goal is to see if you can beat Michael in figuring out what the word what? means. I know. Que, and then Michael gets to explain. Hey, professor. Michael, just as a reminder, you're going to explain to us how you got to the connection if you get right. it right. Okay. So, okay. Your first word in this week we, or this Friday, we have three words. The first one okay. is a noun. Es un sustantivo. That is a noun in Spanish. And the word is el éxito. El éxito. El éxito. Now, can I can I ask a question? Please do. Is this a false cognate? Yeah, it is not exit. See, 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 listeners, what Judy and me, <laughs> Professor, do. Stop. This is now, hurtful. now, because because you just answered a question. Now, may I have a hint? <laughs> that is petty, but we will say yes. Uh, <laughs> Oh, 
gosh. Uh, uh-huh. Un éxito en... Gosh. Okay, so sacar una A en la clase de español es un éxito. Sacar un F en la clase de español es un fracaso. Éxito, fracaso. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Excite, too excited, excited. Okay, so you're on the right track. That would be the emotion that might go with this. Oh, the noun of of too ex, of excited. It's a positive. I will tell you, this is the last, and this is going to probably give it away, but a fracaso is a failure. Failure, six, a winner? Success? Oh, there we go. A success. Un éxito. Un éxito. If you got that un before, éxito. Michael, you have un punto. All right. Palabra número dos. Yes. Chubasco. Chubasco. Mm-hmm. Es un sustantivo. It's a noun. Um, can you spell it? Che u b a s c o chubasco. Can I have a hint, please? Yeah. Uh, no hace sol. Hace. Uh, bueno, quizás hace frío. Está nublado con las nubes y está lloviendo mucho, 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 mucho. Oh, think back to nubes. A las Cubasco. nubes. Y mucha lluvia. Yeah. Mucha lluvia. Yeah. Está lloviendo. La lluvia está, está... El agua en el cielo está cayendo. Rain. Uh-huh. So, el chubasco es cuando hay mucha agua de las nubes. Cloud. <laughs> Rain cloud, rain cloud, cloud and rain and light and cro- It's raining um, mucho. We have a rain like a storm. <laughs> a rainstorm. Uh, you're close enough. It's a heavy shower. A heavy shower. Chubasco, a heavy el shower. Chubasco, el chubasco is oh, a heavy shower. Oh, now, okay, cool. For your modi- modismo, have we talked about modismos? Okay, in English, a modismo is an idiom. So a modismo, I love to give these. They're just little cultural sayings. One that we can use is está lloviendo a cántaros, like it's raining jugs. Uh, we might say in English, it's raining cats and dogs. So está lloviendo a cántaros is a great example of uh, a heavy rain shower. And that cool. is your second word. Your third one is provecho or buen provecho. Buen provecho. No, it's not provolone. It's not a cheese. All right. So here's where the real guesses come in now. Because I had to filter my first impulse, my first reaction to every single one of these vocab words because I wanted to do the false cognate because it's right there. It's the lowest hanging fruit. So now we begin on my last word. So (laughs) I'm going to ask for A, the word again, because I've rambled to the point of forgetting. And two... I need the spelling, and then I will ask for the hint. Thank you. Yeah, so buen is associated with bueno. Yes. All right, and that's B-U-E-N. Provecho. P-R-O-V-E-C-H-O. 
Oh. Oh. Oliver Papito's back. May I have uh, one hint, yeah. Professor? So, Buen Provecha, or Provecho, is the, is uh, igual que, dude, my dog. We're doing better, though, with the bark collar, side note. Um, it's, es igual, <laughs> uh, bon appetit, um, de francés. So, it's the same as bon appetit in French, which is like, like... I don't know what that phrase actually means, but it's like, let's eat, you know? Yeah, like, essentially, it's like, enjoy your meal. We'll give it to you. Enjoy. Okay, thanks. Enjoy your meal, like, buen provecho, like, enjoy it, have a great time. Um, yeah, I did uh, originally think good cheese. Good cheese. May you have some good cheese. Uh, we do love it. And guys, that's our Juego de Vocabulario for this week. We are grateful to Michael for... At least trying to beat Judy Aww. and I. And for all of you guys, if you beat Michael, get any of those wrong. But well, stop that. If anybody, <laughs> if anybody <laughs> actually got all three, do let us know. Uh, we may have a little gift for you because this was yeah, a it, tough... anyone other than me. Okay, okay. And on that note, let us turn it over to our dear friend, producer Judy, for our final of the week. Sabes que. Sabes que. Okay, so this sabes que is about the phrase buen provecho. So it is the Mexican equivalent of bon appetit. And from what I read about, this is specific to Mexico, Mexico. Okay. So I found I found this cool um, blog post from a Mexican who was talking about how important this phrase is, and he said everyone who speaks Spanish says buen provecho as a as soon as the waiter brings the food to your table. You also say it when you leave the restaurant. You say buen provecho to people around you seated, even if you don't know them. Saying saying it to other people is very polite because you're saying many things. So bon appetit means like good appetite, like ha like have mm -hmm. a good appetite for your meal. But buen provecho is more like have a great meal. I hope it benefits you well. Have a good appetite. Enjoy your meal. The best way to respond is to wish them the same thing. You can also say igualmente. Mm, equally. That's what I got. I love it. Thank you, Judy. Uh, si, si, si de nada. <laughs> si, si de nada. All right, guys. Let's take you as we wrap this week up into our La Tarea. I have two assignments for you. Michael, obviously, we are still going on our Talkie Tuesday you guys still, our listeners still have time to submit. Remember, you are sending me this week a video of yourself sharing what you need in life to be successful, joyful, and confident. Para mí, yo necesito mis amigos, el café con leche y la oportunidad de crecer y desarrollar en la vida. Michael, have you started on this? Have you thought about it a little bit? It takes a little bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard because... Honestly, I just need to keep doing podcasts like this and I need, you know, just uh -huh. expressing myself in the ways that are made clear to me. So I'm thinking about the things that that actually are worth putting into words, you know? If yeah. I'm going to learn a language, then why not learn to say the things that matter? 100%. I dig it. Well, you guys still have a few more days until that Talkie Tuesday is due. Michael, yours is due at the end of this weekend. For you guys, before our next episode which I'm going to come back to in a moment. 
But your media assignment, we kind of wanted to go with a little bit more writing. For those of you guys that are comfortable in writing and like to write, my challenge for you is to write a poem in Spanish, in Espanol. I know a lot of people say poem, poem, poema, whatever you want to call it, we're going to write one. Or you could also, if you want to get super creative in your musical, write a kid's nursery rhyme in Spanish. And really, if you're not comfortable at either of those levels, why don't you find a poem? poem or poema that you know or can find in Spanish. For me, that is Verde, Te Quiero Verde, one of the most famous Spanish poems that I would love for you guys to take a look at. All in all, keep using your Duolingo, keep watching your Netflix, make as many opportunities for you to use your Spanish, listen, and read your Spanish. Bien? Bien. Bien. All right, and as a final little extra note for you guys, Next week, we have two fantastic specials that I'm so excited you guys get to hear. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you what they are yet, but get ready because it's a good week. This is our little spring break before we come back with the second half of our season. And before we even do that, Michael and I have a check-in where we're going to have a conversation for at least five minutes in Espanol. So, Michael, you're going to prep for a little bit. You mm -hmm. guys get to hear this. You also get to hear some fantastic specials with potentially some special guests that are going to Ooh. be sure to continue to brighten up our podcast. And to find more info about that, make sure that you guys are following us on Instagram at I Failed Spanish. As we're progressing through this series, we're going to be doing more exciting interactive projects and challenges and maybe even some more surprise specials. And on top of that, if you have not yet joined our email list, head over to the link in our bio at I Failed Spanish on Instagram and sign up. This is the best way that you can ask me questions. I can give you guys some support and we can all continue to become fluent. But even if you didn't fail Spanish, that's okay. Feel free to join us on this exciting journey. Hasta luego. I apologize for my dog eating his bone. And... Michael. Adios. Adios. Ayuda is produced by Rock Rising. Follow us on Instagram at I Failed Spanish to learn along with us. Adios. Hasta luego. Hasta pronto. Hasta mañana. Ciao.